welcome back to episode six of the Big Life Podcast. Jordan, how's living the big life? It's been great. Love living the big life. We had our first guest on. You'll get to hear her in a little bit, Miss Ava Cook, someone who I had the pleasure of sharing the field with and got to look up to. So we are so excited to bring Ava Cook on the podcast today. We will get to her interview in a bit. And trust me, it's a good one that you're going to want to stick around for. Absolutely. Well, before we get too far into it, Jordan, we have a sponsor for the podcast. So let's hear all about them. And in talking about them, I came up with a little joke for you. Oh, God. We're doing jokes now. Well, I mean, if the shoe fits, and that seems to work perfectly with our new sponsor, Ida Sports, who is changing the women's footwear game and the way that we think about cleats. Okay, try me. So what do you call a foot that always loses? Defeated? Get it? Oh, I get it. That was a good one, Sam. Um, But I hate to break it to you. I don't think anyone wants to hear about feet, especially soccer players' feet on this podcast. You know, here's the thing. They don't have to be gross. Isn't that like a rite of passage, though? Maybe it was, but Ida has addressed all these issues and more. And the next generation of players may not have to face all the missteps women have had to suffer for all these years. All right. How? Okay, stay with me here. But Ida's cleats are actually made for a woman's foot, not a man. So these are things like the foot shape for women tend to be a bit more triangular instead of men. And so the cleats are designed for that or the arch support are designed to minimize unnecessary foot pain and keep the ankle from collapsing inwards and different things like that. Ida has researched the differences in the feet between men and women, and they're creating cleats to really adapt for these changes. So learn more at idasports.com. We are so thankful for them, and they're really paving the way for the next generation of women. Definitely a step in the right direction. All right, Jordan. So much has happened in college soccer, in Big Ten soccer, going into this next really critical week that we'll get into. Non-conference is over for us. That's that's a weird thing to say. We're almost halfway done with the season. I mean, it seriously goes so fast. You blink and we're already heading into conference here. Sunday starts, starts it off. That's crazy. It's I was in the airport yesterday with our team. We were flying home from Virginia and I remember all of our freshmen were like, you guys said this went fast, but oh my gosh. And it it's just nuts how it goes. It really is. And I mean, you can't emphasize it enough. You always try to prepare the next group coming in and somehow like it never works. You can never prepare yourself for how fast this all goes, truly. 100%. Well, and I feel like with it being one of the last main weeks of non-conference season, there were a lot of upsets for us to talk about this weekend. This is really when teams start making a name for themselves and a lot of it has happened. So let's talk about it. You know, what was the number one game that stood out to you this weekend that we saw? I mean, for us, we were all looking at that Michigan game, Michigan beating Notre Dame. We played Notre Dame, you know, unfortunately fell to them two to one. And then to see Michigan pick up the the win is uh, we were surprised, but mixed emotions there for sure. I'm not sure how this will affect our RPI and everything going into season now because we'll play Michigan. We lost to Notre Dame. So if we beat them, I don't know. It's a whole circle. We're starting the calculus of RPI and seeding. So for those of you, like apparently Jordan last year, who didn't know what RPI was, uh, sorry for the little dig there, had to go for it. RPI is basically this calculated uh, ranking system, but it's not based, it's based purely on scores, purely on certain factors. And it's basically this giant algorithm that ranks teams. And it's one of the factors that will go into NCAA tournament at large bid, seeding and all these things. So 
clearly you want your RPI as hard as possible and getting a higher RPI is by beating teams above you, not losing to teams below you, all these different factors. So welcome to the calculus game that is now women's college locker. Yeah, I get a headache just thinking about it. I leave that to the coaching staff for sure. <laughs> that's fair. You just show up when you're told to and that's the end of the deal. Speaking of showing up and showing out, we also have Utah Valley upsets number 19 USC three to two off of a hat trick from Faith Weber. So I know I saw this all over. Unreal. Imagine upsetting in a hat trick game like that. That's got to be so cool for her in that moment. I mean, that has to be a highlight reel, right? Like that's going to be top five moments in college soccer for how do you beat that? Absolutely. Absolutely. What else stood out to you this week? Last week, we talked about Providence. There is officially no longer a scoreless team with Rutgers beating them one nothing, scoring the first goal all season on them. So congrats to Rutgers. There we go. More Big Ten love, more Big Ten. And we have St. Mary's also with an upset this week, beating number 15 Washington State. So those rankings come out tomorrow. We record this podcast on Monday. So Tuesday, the rankings drop. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how everything's shaken out. Absolutely. You know, it's been a really fun week, I know, for us at Iowa, but let's talk a little bit about your week. Yeah, yeah, we have some mixed emotions here. Um, we ended up going and getting the first on-the-road ACC win in, like, 20-something years, 30 years maybe, um, against NC State. So we were down there, we beat them 2-1, to one, and then we came home, and we ended up tying Dayton 2-2. Two two. Yeah, how how's that feel kind of the mixed emotions of the weekend how are you feeling going into big tens now and everything yeah I mean Dayton being the most recent game I think you still got a little sour taste in your mouth there not the result we wanted going into it but really excited to get back have a home game against Ohio State so I have friends on the team a bunch of friends that go there show up for the game it's always my favorite one of the season kind of no matter what just uh the hometown connections there so I'm really excited for it I think it will be a good game and especially at home you know there's no place like DeMartin so speaking of you know the one fact that's going around a lot of the Iowa group chats right now is there's 30 unbeaten teams in NCAA division one there's three perfect teams that have you know a perfect record with zero ties and there's 27 teams with a couple ties but unbeaten and for the first time since 2019, I was one of them. So we're kind of riding a little bit of a high. Thank you. Thank you. We went on the road and on the road against ACC dominant Virginia, got a 0-0 tie. It was a really good game, really fun game to be in. And then we played George Mason on Sunday and took home a 3-0 win. Center back Sam Carey did score. That doesn't happen often. I believe it was my second intentional college goal. So we're riding with it. It's great. We're loving it. Um, you mean intentional? I think you know exactly what I mean by intentional. Six college goal overall. We'll leave it at that. We're going to talk about all things college soccer. We're going to talk more Big Ten, but I don't think we can keep them waiting anymore. Ava Cook took some of her time to spend with us, and we couldn't be more grateful for it. I know we both shared the field with her, and I'm so excited for everyone to listen to our interview with her. Definitely. I mean, just an amazing player for sure. An even better person. So really appreciate her taking the time to come and talk to us. I love her story. And I think it's really worth listening to any young kid out there who's trying to start the process or going through it currently. Because, you know, like we talked about before, every every process is different. And her story is so unique and so special. And Absolutely. Well, she lived the big life. So everyone coming up, Ava Cook. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the big life. Me and Sam were chatting, and we thought you guys deserved an extra special guest. So for 
this episode, we brought on someone who that I personally looked up to and had the pleasure of playing with, Miss Ava Cook. Started at Grand Valley, worked her way to Michigan State, and now is playing professionally for the Chicago Red Stars. How you doing, Ava? I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to be here. I love the podcast, so I'm honored to be a part of it. Oh my gosh, you're too sweet. You're warming my ego a little bit. Well, first of all, as someone, I got to throw it in there. I unfortunately had to mark you for a year when you're at Michigan State. And I know a little bit about your journey from the outsider's perspective. So I'm so excited to have you on the little bit of an inside. You know, going right into it, Jordan and I talked a bit about recruiting last episode and how that looked like for us. Can we talk a little bit about how you became a college soccer player and what that looked like for you leaving high school, going to college? Absolutely. I have said it a hundred times. My... (laughs) My transition was very interesting. It's definitely not a normal one um, by any means. So pretty much, you know, my sophomore year of high school, I went to a Grand Valley camp, you know, did what did what I could and had a conversation with um, Jeff Hassler afterwards. Um, and he pretty much just gave me a bunch of areas that I really needed to improve on. One, just being stronger. You know, I was always just kind of one of those kids that I was just smaller, you know, like I was smaller in nature, which is funny now because I'm, you know, like 5'10". That's just not how it was. That's not how it was. So I took everything he said, obviously, to heart because it's not it's not easy to hear. No one wants to hear, you know, areas that you essentially just aren't good enough. But I, you know, I took it personally and I went and I worked on those things. I got in the weight room. I went out and did what I needed to technically. Um and funny enough, my junior year, around the same time that Grand Valley camp was coming up, and I did not want to go at all. I was just really discouraged, you know, from the first time. And part of that was probably a little immaturity, you know, just being young and, and hearing things that you don't want to hear. Um, but my good family friend who, I mean, him and my dad have coached for together for years. His name's Todd Wells. He was like, well, you're going to the camp. Um, and I was like, no, nah, I really don't want to. He's like, you're going because not only is Jeff going to be there, there's going to be what 30 plus other college coaches there. Like it's good exposure. And at this point I had virtually no offers. Like I hadn't been in contact with a lot of people. I was in a smaller D3 school in Michigan and, and that was truthfully it. So I go back and funny enough, Todd Wells, the, the man who made me go back, he, he goes, I know they need a left back. So go to the camp and play left back. And I am no left back. So I go and I play and Jeff pulls me aside again. I'm like, okay, here we go. Round two. Uh, but the conversation was a 180 from what it was the year before. And it was now, this is where you're going to fit in, in our program. These are like what I see for you in the future. I mean, it was obviously a huge point in my life and kind of a turning point. That's kind of how I ended up at Grand Valley and I would not change any of that for the world. So definitely not your standard recruiting process for me, but it's one that I'm very thankful for. And it taught me one of the best lessons and I love sharing it because I think it's a, it's a good lesson for a lot of people to learn, especially those who are going through a recruiting process. That's awesome. That's so cool. You know, we tried to emphasize so much last week that everyone has a unique journey and not to compare other journeys and stuff. So that is so cool that you had such a unique one and, you know, talking about Grand Valley, elite program in division two, so many national championships. You know, I was joking with Jordan a little bit before, and there's a weird history that connects us all in the sense of <laughs> I played Iowa and Dave Diani coached Dave. Jeff Valley before Jeff yep. did. And like, you know, soccer world's so small. So there's so many of like, 
my childhood best friend growing up played with you at Grand Valley. You know, Mackenzie Jones is my best friend growing up and different things like that. Love her. (laughs) And so it's a small world in every regard, but there's so much stigma around D2 soccer. Let's talk about it. You know, we're on the Big Life podcast. We're talking about Big Ten and the perks of being in a Power 5 Division 1. Why D2 for you? And frankly, what was the benefits for you of being at a D2 school for so long? For me, you know, that was that was the, the choice that I had. And I'm so lucky that it was Grand Valley. They are, I mean, talk about a dynasty of a soccer school for the D2, just division as a whole. Part of it for me was the culture and the standard that was upheld before I got there and while I was there and something I could be a part of it. It's special, you know, like it's just not one that you really find at a lot of places. You know, there would be some games where it would be five nothing at halftime and we would go in the locker room and the message was that's just not good enough. And to me, that is a standard of like, wow, who cares that we're beating this team five nothing if it's not what we could be doing? You know, the score could be eight, the score could be nine. We could have connected more passes. We could have finished these opportunities. And that was something that happened all four years while I was there. And I, I personally loved it. You know, it's one of those things where it's kind of just like a relentless, you don't let off, you keep going. And quite frankly, there's so many talented, talented players at the D2 level um, that I'm sure probably had a similar journey, you know, to mine. Maybe they didn't get the looks that they wanted from a D1 program and they were able to take that to the D2 level. Like I played against some amazing, amazing soccer players um, and especially played with some amazing soccer players. I, I loved, loved my team um, every year. You know, like you talk about Mackenzie, she's a stud. Like she's awesome. You know, she's so good. And it's definitely a lot different than D1. I had the COVID year. I had the opportunity to go to Michigan State and it was, it was definitely different. Um, but just overall, like the way that I was able to grow during my time at Grand Valley is something that I'm forever thankful for. Amazing. So you spoke of having that COVID year and having the opportunity to then come to Michigan State. What was that decision like for you? (laughs) It was, I say this all the time, it was like one of the hardest things I have ever had to do. My, my timeline at Grand Valley was interesting because, you know, my, my sophomore year, we had an undefeated season up until the national championship game where we unfortunately lost um, to a team, one that we had even beat prior in that the regular season which was a heartbreaker following year junior year we go back we make it back to the national championship same place same field so all the emotions and thankfully this time we were able to to get the job done and win so i had so much excitement for my senior year we, you know we had so many of the same returners leaders that were going to be there we had a great class coming in like i was like we're going back to back like i i know for a fact we're going to go back to back And that's just kind of when everything hit the fan with COVID. You know, I say all of this with a grain of salt. Like I know that I'm sure COVID impacted other people in different ways. Um, So it was a a bummer for me, you know, like we didn't get to play any out-of-conference games. We didn't have a tournament. And of course, I also got COVID myself. So I, I missed a game or two, which was even more of a bummer. And it really questioned if I wanted to continue to play. It really made me wonder like this this sucks. But I really dug deep. You know, I had I had some <laughs> some self-talks where I was like, what do you want your future to be? What have you always dreamed? And I've I've always known like I want I wanted to be a professional soccer player. So then the the decision becomes, okay, what's going to put me in the best position 
to become that professional soccer player. And it's not that staying at, at Grand Valley wouldn't have allowed me to be where I am today. Cause who knows, you know, like there's so many good opportunities that come out of it. But I was at a point where I felt like I had done everything that I could have done at Grand Valley. I, I didn't really see another year to have complete like growth in a way that would prepare me to be a professional soccer player compared to what I've already done. So then it's like, okay, what's the next step? I have this extra year of eligibility. And I was obviously lucky enough to be able to consider Michigan State. And it was a place that was close to home still for me. That's important was being close to home. I would, I would know the head coach, you know, like he coached me for four years. And so now it became this battle of, do I leave everything that I love? I love the people. Like they are my very best friends. They are pretty much family. Do I leave all of them? I don't want to betray them in any way. I don't want them to think I'm ditching them, you know, for something else. Um, and it was, it was a really big struggle for me. And I think it was kind of one that I struggled silently with for a little bit because I, I was afraid to maybe, you know, tell people, hey, I'm kind of thinking about transferring. And as soon as I, I voiced it to some of my teammates, they were like, you have to do it. Like they were so supportive. And that's something that like I could not, I, I am so thankful that they were as supportive as they were because then that really took a big weight off my shoulders of, okay, they're not going to hate me if I leave. Like, I'm, they're still going to love me. And, and they're the best friends ever. So it's not like they would either way, you know, but it was a scary choice. And I kind of just came to the decision of like, this is probably what's going to be best for my future. The Big Ten is an incredible conference for soccer. And I was like, I have to try it, you know? Like, I think this is the opportunity that I need to take. And I was so thankful to have the opportunity. And yeah, the rest is just kind of history. That's awesome. You know, one of the really unique things about this, and you kind of mentioned is, in that decision of you leaving Grand Valley, Jeff left Grand Valley and went to Michigan State. So following a same coach that you knew at the D2 level, going to D1, what was one of the big differences or some of the big differences going from Grand Valley to Michigan State? It's hard. I mean, Michigan State, up until that point, wasn't always a huge contender in the Big Ten. It was something that I that I had heavily thought about. And I mean that with obviously the most respect. But that's just, you know, it's just how it is and that's fine. Um, so I really didn't know what to expect when I got there. When I got there, it was kind of like the, okay, everyone here is so talented and I think it took someone really pushing them to bring that out of everyone and I saw that from you know day one I was like this is going to be good like I think that we are going to have a good year and I think a lot of people are going to grow and I obviously you know I was with Jeff for four years so I, I know his ability to make people grow and I was just really excited for all these girls to kind of get that same you know, opportunity for levels of growth. Um, and I think it, we really saw that that year and, you know, the following years after that. Um, the difference for me, the biggest one that stood out was the pace of play, I think, uh, was just, it's, it's a lot faster, you know? Um, I think there's so many people in the D2 level that are so technical and so skilled and when you kind of combine that with just some pure athleticism that you see at the, at, at least Michigan State, like there's so many athletes on that team, you know, and there's athletes on every team, but it's easier to teach skill, right? 
teach technical, teach ideas, and then have the, the quickness on top of that, the fast pace, everything. It was, a, it was a big jump, big similarities between the two divisions. There's really not that much of a difference, uh, but that was definitely one of the biggest ones. That's awesome. And in your time in the Big Ten, you know, as you referenced, you know, Michigan State wasn't necessarily a school and you go and you finish fourth in the Big Ten that year. Can you talk a little bit almost about the disappointment of that being the end of the season? You know, Jordan and I were actually just referencing it off camera a little bit about how that happened for both of us, frankly. But yeah that end to college soccer and what was that like for you oh it was there were so many emotions you know like it was just one of those seasons where so many good things kept happening there were so many ups of the season when it all ended it was just kind of like wow okay I I guess it's done now but it's you had to look back at it as a turning point for Michigan State soccer it was this is what we can do and we can do this every year and we have to continue to go up like this. And the ups were so fun. I remember beating Ohio State. And that was like one of those things where I was like, that is a really good win for us. Like that's a huge, huge win. And it was exciting. And it gave, I think, a lot of, you know, like hope for for the future and for further games. They can hang. Like there's good teams and they can do the same thing and they can do better. They can do, you know all of that. So it was just kind of weird that it came to an end. It was just kind of like, wow, I, I guess that's it. You know, I, I'm sure Jordan remembers we were sitting in the room just kind of watching the selection show and we would get so excited. Like we'd hear like this team was kind of a sleeper. They, they haven't really had the most success in the past, but this year they showed out and we were like, and then it was someone else. So it was just kind of one of those things where like looking back, you can laugh, but in the moment it was just kind of like, wow, that that's a tough way to end it. But above all, we were, I know I was so proud of everyone. And, and I think the feeling was just shared throughout the team of like, we had a great year. We can't hang our heads. It was, it was good and there's room to grow. Yeah, absolutely. It was a heartbreaking little meeting room we had there just watching that selection show. But after it all ended, did you, knew, did you know your next steps? You said you always wanted to play pro, but did you know that you know the NWSL was going to be it? And then that was your first, first pick of the Chicago Red Stars. <laughs> so it's super interesting. Um, obviously, I had talked to Jeff um, a lot about it. And it was kind of like, like when the season was done, it was like, okay, we have to, we have to gear up. Like I'm going to, and we're going to enter your name in the NWSL draft and we're going to get clips and make a hype video and, and get some hype around this. And while I was optimistic, I am always someone who tries to be realistic at the same time. If there's one thing I hate, it's like getting my hopes up for something and then like having it not be, you know, not happen. I've always had this slight hesitation anything especially like involving myself I'm not ever going to be the person that's like oh yeah I'm going to get drafted and I'm going to be the first pick of the first round you know like that's just not that's not who I am at all going into the draft I was like you know what I probably won't get drafted but maybe I'll get an invite because what happens like a, a lot it's very common you know you might not get drafted they only have a certain amount of picks and there are so many girls sometimes you'll get a call you know hey we didn't draft you but we'd still love to have you at preseason we'd love to have you come like be a discovery player um so i think that's kind of just what i had in the back of my head was like okay maybe i'll get this opportunity to do something like that and if not like maybe i'll go overseas you know and play um somewhere there and that wasn't something i had really thought a lot about and it was i think kind of one of those things that when we get to that point, then we'll figure it out. I Thankfully, I guess I, I didn't have to think about that because then the draft came and I got drafted to Chicago, obviously. Um, and that was like 
top three best moments of my life. You know, my family was there. My friends were there. Again, I said earlier, close to home is, is important for me. And that's literally the closest place I could be. And I love Chicago. It's somewhere I've always grown up going to. Um, so it was just, it was like a crazy, crazy day, crazy night, just full of like, wow. Okay. I, I made it to the next chapter, you know, like it was just pretty surreal. That's yeah, I remember just sitting in the airport and I was like watching it go down and I remember screaming so loud, like security came over and was like, is everything okay? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> that was a day too, you were like the first. I was like, oh, GoPro, that's not a thing. And then Ava Cook comes. <laughs> I'm screaming in the airport. I was just absolutely incredible. Um, I'm so you. proud. Thank you, thank you. It's amazing. And talking about transitions and next chapters, you obviously have already had your rookie year under your belt. You've done amazing things at Chicago. What was that transition like now going from college to pro? One of the hardest things I have probably ever done in my life was going from college to professional. Everything, you know, in college, let's say you're preparing for a game and you have the scouting report, right? And you probably have anywhere from one to four main players that you're scouting you know whether it's for this reason or that there's a there's a few players right well here it's the whole entire team you know you have a scouting report and you have to make sure that you know about everyone because everyone's at that level it's all of those one to four players that were the best on their college team then now they're all combined for, for one team so it's Everything is so fast. Everything is high pace. It's physical. It's technical. It's like you just ramped it up, you know, times 10. Um, and you, you find out very quickly, you know, like you can't, you can't go into preseason and, and take six touches on the ball without getting stripped. You know, it's, it's a one or two touch and you're got to get rid of the ball because you probably have four people sprinting at you who are incredibly fast and strong and they will strip you in transition going the other way. So it was a very, very hard, hard transition, um, like physically and mentally, you know, it's everyone was kind of, um, you know, I'm sure they were one of the best on their, their college team. So to be now kind of more bottom of the, the barrel, um, it's a hard thing to adjust to, you know, you can really get your confidence drained pretty quickly. Um, so that was something like I definitely dealt with. I, ha I had to find ways to remain confident and just remind myself that like I I'm here for a reason and I'm capable of doing the things that they think that I can do. You know, I wouldn't be here if they didn't think that I was capable. And that's a constant reminder I had to tell myself because there's hard days, you know, like there's days where it feels like you couldn't pay a million dollars to connect a pass at practice, <laughs> but you just have to continuously remind yourself that you're capable of doing it. You can do it and you are going to do it. And it, it really just helps you push through. I mean, the, the difference is large, but it's, it's a doable difference, you know? Yeah. That's amazing. Going off of that, you're now in your second season in the NWSL. What have you learned? Go looking forward. What are you excited for? Oh my God. I've, I've learned so much. Like I could probably write a whole book with how much I have learned. Um, I mean, 
having the chance, having the opportunity to be surrounded by some of the people that I'm surrounded by every single day and getting to work with them and getting to learn from them is incredible. Like it is just an endless opportunity of knowledge to be, to be learned. Um, and it's just like one of those things where I know how my rookie year went, like there's, there's clear things that you can come out of that and say like, okay, I'm going to go work on this. You know, I got, if I need to go work on my right foot, then I, I have the off season to go work on my right foot. So it's not only that, but understanding the way that the game is played is something that I have tried to focus on a lot, you know, just watching soccer, whether it's teams in our league, whether it's premier league, U S national team, um, understanding the soccer IQ, I think has a huge part in the way that you can play and the way that you want to play. Um, and it's, I'm not saying I had like zero soccer IQ before I came. Um, but there's definitely so much that I've learned that I think about now when I play that I probably didn't think about before. Um, and those make big differences. Like I've noticed they make a big difference when I play. Um, so that's definitely something I'm looking forward to, to continuing. And, you know, like we're right now, like we're in a point where we are battling for a playoff spot and it's exciting and it's, you know, it gives us really, really something to focus on. Um, just, just getting results and, and pushing forward. So there's a lot of excitement. I'm pumped. Um, and I'm just thankful to, to be here and be a part of it. So. It's amazing. Um, how's Mochi doing with this whole transition? Ah, he's doing well. He's doing well. We, uh, I moved last year. So he was in my place last year. And then we, we did a big move this year to a new apartment. Um, and he's just freeloading away. You know, he doesn't pay rent. He, just eats food all day and sleeps. So he's doing good. He's doing good. He likes it. Chai Town chinchilla. Yep. That's him. We definitely get the pictures that way we can supplement. We get we gotta have everyone know about the chinchilla, but that is incredible. <laughs> oh, absolutely. He he's very cute. So I think he um he gets a lot of attention and he knows that he gets a lot of attention. So he's the star of the show. It's a good ego boost. He really is, and he knows it and he acts like it. So <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible well we know that you are super busy so we are going to wrap up with a quick lightning round with ava cook we have a bunch of different wide range of topics give us the first impact we want everyone to know okay perfect i'm ready song, what are we going for sorry what was that one more time pre-game hype song pre-game hype song uh, anything eminem i love eminem i'm a i'm a michigan girl of course i love eminem love it love it if you had an actress that would play you in a movie who would play you Oh my gosh, an actress. Ooh, um, I'm gonna go Jennifer Lawrence. I love her. She's a amazing actress. She's so cool. Like Katniss, are you kidding me? I would love I'd be honored. I love it. I love it. Okay. Describe your playing style in three words. If you had three words to describe it, what would it be? Um physical, uh, gritty, and ooh um pretty relentless I would say you know as someone that had to mark you I would agree I would <laughs> thank I you would, there's some bruises that, that probably left from you on me so I fair enough, fair enough. I'll take it I'll take it <laughs> okay if you're looking back on college soccer what memory stands out to you oh I mean this is so cliche but the national championship 
has to be, you know, get double overtime game winner by my dear friend, Gianna Parlov and the dog pile, the whole nine yards, everything. Gotta be. Can't be. Who cares if it's cliche? It's, it's the right answer. Frank. I, I had the right answer. It's the right answer. If you say anything else, you would be. Right? It would be like, why didn't she say that? Exactly. Last one. For any young girl listening to this podcast, what is the biggest advice you could give them? I love this question. And I say it all the time with any young group of people that I talk to. It is be coachable. There's going to be times where you hear stuff you don't want to hear. But you have to take that in the way that those who are saying it to you are saying it to you because they know what you're capable of and they believe in you. And even if it comes off in a way that might not make you the happiest person ever, you have to be coachable and you have to trust that, that they're telling you what's best for you and you just have to try to do it. And I'm sure that once you do it, you're going to be like, no, nah, they were right. So be coachable. That's what I, that's what I always harp on. And I love it. Great advice. Great advice. Awesome. You you are amazing. We are honored to have you as our first guest on the Big Life Podcast, forever in the history books. What can we say? And just know that we and Girls Soccer Network are behind you all the way. You guys, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast and I can't wait to listen to more in the future. I look forward. We lived the big life and uh, it was an honor playing with you. And it's been so fun watching your career these past few years in the pro life. Stop. You're going to make me tear up, Jordan. Knock it off. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Once again, we just want to say thank you so much for Ava for taking her time and spending it with us. It was definitely a great way for me. I'm I'm a little motivated after hearing all that. So I can't imagine how listeners are feeling. Absolutely. Like I said, such an incredible story. And I'm so happy we got to share it on here. So thanks again, Ava. Forever your number one fan. Uh, Congrats on all the success you've had thus far. So I got to know. So when you were a freshman and Ava was a fifth year, was there any like what would Ava get on you for? What was what was that? What was that dynamic like with you and Ava on the same field? Yeah, my first, so, okay, so I was coming in, and then you get the kind of Instagram notification, it's like, Ava Cook's coming, and you read the little bio, and it's like, leading scorer in all of NCAA, like, played for Jeff, I'm coming in, new coach, Jeff didn't recruit me, so I'm just like, dang it, (laughs) like, you know, like, I'm screwed, but then this girl shows up on the first day of practices with like a foldable chair that she puts down on the sidelines because she's not like eligible yet for transfer reasons. So she looks like the most soccer mom girl ever. And I'm just like, what the heck is going on? She shows up and it was like, she immediately kind of took me under her wing, I think. And it was incredible mentorship I had from her. I learned so much being able to share the field with her. I honestly, the biggest thing I remember is just kind of her support, her kind of talking me through it. I was having a hard time adjusting to the life of a college athlete in the Big Ten, and she helped a lot with with that transition period and getting me through it, and I just remember kind of being starstruck by her. She talked about her hype video a little bit, and I still have screen recordings on my phone, like a little geek. Um, I'm like, oh my god, like, this, I'm in it, you know, I'm giving her like a little fist bump and I'm like, just, you know, the coolest moments ever We're being able to share the field in those moments with her. So I'm sure she got on me for a lot and I'm sure all of it, but the biggest thing I remember and learned and took away from her was just her attitude, her relentlessness and her ability to, to lead others and to get me through kind of that freshman year. So what a leader, what a person, but speaking of 
transitioning to Big Ten. We are out of non-conference and we are in Big Ten. So Jordan, I'm going to ask you the question on everyone's mind. Going into Big Tens, who's looking hot? I hate to say it in every year, but I mean, Penn State, they've had an incredible year thus far, you know, and they're they're always a team to kind of look out for. 100%. I think the other team I'd add to that list is Nebraska right now. And as much as Iowa and Nebraska is a bit of a rivalry, you know, you got to put respect. Eleanor Dale, we looked it up, has 12 goals already going into non-conference. And last year, the entire season, the leading goal scorer was Ali Schlegel at Penn State with 13 goals. So she's close to already beating that halfway through the season so that's a team you got to put respect on their offense and their attack and it'll be it'll be interesting to see them as they go throughout the season well like what a crazy statistic she has all season to score one more goal and then you know tie for what last year was the leading goal scorer for the entire season so it'll be really interesting to see how she finishes out this year but I mean props to her I think another team that you never can sleep on is Wisconsin you know they have some dynamic people in attack. They have that zero-zero tie against North Carolina. A couple other big things happen for them in the non-conference, and definitely a team I think I have an eye out for. We play them in week two, so yeah, I'll throw Northwestern in there as well. You know they find themselves kind of high up in the rankings normally, and a talented team and program. Again, it will be interesting to see how they finish out this year. I got asked a question on everyone's mind, Jordan. Who do you got as a sleeper this year? I mean. I got to give it to Iowa. I still think you guys are a sleeper. I don't know if anyone really sees it coming, but to be undefeated right now at this point in the season, you got to put some respect behind it. You guys are a dangerous team to play. We're one, one and run one, one and one right now in our career, my career here thus far. So in the three games we've played, this will be the season that kind of determines it. So I'm, I'm excited to see what you guys do. Just got to keep you hearing, saying all the good things about Iowa right now. You know, I'm not going to lie. I'm putting us in the sleeper as well. There was a TV um, announcer during your game I referenced last week that called us the sleeping giants. And I love, we've embraced that. We love that. And I think it's true. We're undefeated for the first time since 2019 going into our real season um, into the big tens. So we're hungry. We tied Virginia on the road this week. That's no small feat. And one goal against us, which gives us a top five defense in the country right now. So as a part of that back line, I am living in it, but we also know that non-conference is done. That chapter's closed and a new one starts on Sunday. So Jordan, what does Sunlight, you said Ohio State, how we feel about that? What are we looking forward to? To the people, I always love playing Ohio State just because I grew up playing with a lot of the girls um, and know them. So it's always kind of my favorite game of the season, like I said. So have it be our conference opener at Martin, pack the stadium. We have the Red Cedar Rowdies there going for us. Number one fan group, I think. I got to talk about them real quick. I'm sorry to jump in. You guys have the funniest student section. And I'm sorry to give it credit. There's some student sections I don't like. Like, I don't really let it get to me. There's some things, you know, like either a line's crossed or they're just like obnoxious. I'll give it to you guys. The only thing people say about Iowa is like corn. Like, guys, can we be more creative when it, when we're yelling at Iowa? Like, yeah, we get it. It's corn. We typically have yellow jerseys. We look like corn. We get that way too much. But I will never forget, like, stopping dead in my tracks and laughing so hard at your suit. Like, there was one game freshman year. I'll never forget it. They're, like, screaming at me as I'm taking a throw and asking what my favorite Scooby-Doo movie is. Uh, we have a player. and We had back lines. We had Hannah, who didn't have an H at the end of her name. But we had Sarah. Or we had Hannah had the H. And Sarah didn't have the H. And the entire game, they're screaming at the two of them about how someone has to give the H to the other one at the end of their name to make both of their names spelled correctly. 
And I just remember dying laughing. So I full full respect to your stadium and the people you bring out. Absolutely. I mean, we have we have to have the number one student section. Red Cedar Rowdies, they go crazy, they go hard. It's an incredible environment to be a part of. Um, and I agree. I think they're the funniest group and you know, in college soccer right now, you know, they're never disrespectful or anything like that. They're just funny, loud, and supportive, and I absolutely love it. And we're going into Illinois this week. We have hosting Illinois in Iowa City on Sunday. You know, Illinois and us always have a tight game. There's always a bit of a chippiness and an edge to that game, and so super excited for being ready to go and starting Big Tens on a high note and ready to to get it going awesome i know that it has been a long travel day for both of us we've had a lot going on go enjoy the rest of your off day everyone thursday we have off this week both of our games kick off sunday big 10 conference kicks off sunday be sure to tune in and as always soccer on bye guys